I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to the World Soccer Talk podcast. My name is Christopher Harris and I'm joined by Kartik Krishnayar. We're back after a break for a couple of weeks and uh, we are here to talk about a few things. Um, we'll talk about the Bundesliga in a little while. We will talk about ESPN Plus. And, uh, but first of all, let's start talking about uh, MLS Season Pass. Kartik, I, honestly, I can't remember the last time I was so excited about a soccer streaming service i think actually the last time might have been and this is going to date me uh it was satanta i which was uh, a streaming service back in what the early 2000s um that was incredible at that time but uh so far uh at a high high level with mls season pass i'm really loving it i'm, I'm sure we'll get into that in a little bit too but um what's your kind of fifty thousand foot uh, take on this one so far it's pretty amazing. I, I uh, don't. Yeah, maybe Satanta I, and then I think when I subscribed to the to the full Satanta and got the 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 full channel, right, with all the uh, uh, ancillary programs. Which, by the way, was the first time I had ever seen or heard of Rebecca Lowe. So I guess that was significant. Um, that was really cool. Since then, I, I don't know. I mean, I I thought um, maybe when Fubos launched and I was able to uh, to stream. Uh, uh, this was before um, Vix had launched or or, or any two uh, uh, DNA uh, uh, Deportes product uh, to be able to pr- uh, to stream Univision Deportes, uh, which included watching MLS matches. Actually, that was probably what I used it mostly for was that Friday night game in those days on on Univision. Uh, that was kind of cool, but yeah, I mean, I think historically this is probably number one on my list. This is, I mean, it's got all the bells and whistles. I mean, I, I don't have any any actual complaints. So unfortunately, I know we're supposed to critique this thing, and I, I, maybe we will. But I, I, it's the best thing I've seen ever to cover the sport, quite frankly. And uh, I, I think if you're an American soccer fan and you haven't subscribed. Um, <sighs> I, I don't know what you're waiting for. I mean, I understand it's expensive, but boy, it's worth it. It's you, and if you don't like MLS, okay, I can, I, I, maybe I kind of get it. But even if you don't like MLS, there's a lot in it. Just uh, uh, documentaries. The 360 program uh, hosted by Liam McHugh is really, really good. Uh, we can talk a little bit more about that in a few minutes. And then I think the graphics 
are killer. They're the best graphics I've seen. And again, uh, Chris, maybe you and I are at a disadvantage because we don't watch a whole lot of American sports. Um, but they're the best graphics I've ever seen for sporting events. Yeah, they're, they're up there for sure. I mean, it's, so when so let's talk about the positives first of all, um, and then we'll get into some of the negatives. There are a few things there, but I think it's more uh, room for improvement. But the positives, yeah, you're right. The picture is really crisp. Uh, you can see the difference when you look at um, usually one game a weekend, sometimes two games a weekend are on uh, the Fox uh, Network channel or FS1. And you can do a side-by-side comparison because you've got a game that's on Fox – and it's the same exact uh, match feed as the game that's on uh, MLS Season Pass. MLS Season Pass will have different commentators. Fox will have John Strong and uh, Stu Holden. And the picture quality difference is, is huge. You look at uh, the Fox one, it looks like it's 720p. Uh, and, and then the actual uh, MLS Season Pass, it's uh, 1080p. Uh, it looks HD, it's a huge difference in picture quality. It looks so much better. So if you are, like you said, Kartik, if you are an American soccer fan or you're into MLS or you want to give this a try, definitely the picture quality alone is such a significant difference to make it worthwhile. Uh, audio is much better too. So again, you can compare John Strong and Stu Holden doing a commentary on Fox or FS1. And then that same game, listen to the commentary on uh, MLS Season Pass and you have the MLS season pass commentators inside the stadium calling the game from the from the stadium and you get to hear the crowd noise and it sounds like it should it doesn't sound like there's two guys uh John John and and uh, Stu Holden in a studio at the other end of the country calling the game from a tiny studio on monitors and then someone trying to mix mix that audio in with the actual crowd noise that sounds to me, it can't, you can no, notice the difference. So picture quality, audio quality, fantastic. Now, um, some of the other things I like about it. So uh, to me, Kartik, the, the, uh, the, the crown jewel of this uh, MLS season pass is MLS 360. And we saw from week one to week two how much better week two was. Uh, after week one, I kept on screaming like, hey, we want to see the goals. We want to see the goals as they go in. We want this to be like Goal Rush or the, the uh, Golasso show. We want to see the goals going in. We don't want to, to, to see the backs or see a whole bunch of talent uh, s- sitting around talking about who's going to win the MLS title this year or who's going to win the Supporters' Shield or those things. So week two, ironed out all those issues and week two, to me, I'm watching MLS 360. I'm like, wow, this is really good. And probably the best thing about it is it's fun. Uh, and it also makes me want to watch each week. So uh, my wife and I, <laughs> the last two weekends on Saturday nights, have been sitting down watching the games. And it's fun. It's not just fun because the, the, the games are going on and it, it's a whip around show. And you see the goals going in and some amazing endings to games. Or you see St. Louis in their, their de- uh, debut game. But it's also fun because Liam McHugh does such a great job. I mean, he's really a, a natural uh, on camera and the talent are giving some good analysis. And then you get the commentators. You got, I mean, whether it's, I don't know, Eric Krakauer or uh, Keith Costigan or all these people that we know really, really well. Uh, some amazing uh, goal calls. It's just a fun experience. 
It's five hours long, Kartik, though, right? It starts about usually about uh, 7.15 or so Eastern time and goes until after midnight. So if you want to, you could watch I mean, five hours of, uh, of it. Usually I'll ask about three to four hours but even then though too i mean that's after a long day of watching premier league matches or la liga or bundesliga or championship during the the, the daytime i think for me it's ideal to kind of just sit back relax have some fun and watch that mls 360 at night time on a saturday night i think it's probably one of the best things that mls has ever done uh, as far as coming up with this whole concept yeah and it's something that they experimented with uh on decision day I want to say in 2015 or was it 2014 uh, with, with NBC, uh, NBC? Well, no, with uh, with ESPN, with Max Bredos and uh, um, and uh, Todd Grisham uh, co-hosting. If I don't know if you remember that they yeah. did, yeah, they, yeah. yeah. So that was um, that that was actually I thought well done, well executed, and then they never came back to it, which was actually you know really a letdown. Um, so on on MLS 360, I um, I I'm of kind of. It may be a slight disagreement here. I don't like on the Premier League goal rush when you know a goal has already happened because we're all kind of connected these days and you get goal alerts and uh, this stuff that um, you know a goal has already happened in a Premier League match and then goal rush will switch to it and show you kind of uh, not it not live. So week one of MLS 360, Liam was kind of saying, oh, we have a goal in Charlotte. Um, well, Charlotte wasn't at home that week, but yeah, you know what I mean, right? We have a goal somewhere. Um, and and it, it, did, it didn't bother me. I know it bothered other people. And then this week they were kind of crisper with, with kind of going, going out for the goals, not telling you there was a goal in advance. Um, yeah, Liam McHugh's a natural. I knew it when they hired him, right? We, we watched him for years as kind of the fill-in on, on Premier League broadcasts. Uh, I've seen him do some other sports as well. So uh, a guy, guy who knows soccer, I didn't know if he knew MLS, right? I knew he knew, obviously, the Premier League. Um, but fit in naturally. I think... Um, I'm partial to Bradley Wright Phillips, right? It came through Manchester City's Academy. I think just great MLS all-timer. He's um, good. He's, really he's good. good. Yeah, he, he's, 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 get, he's gotten better just from week one to week two. Um, so, uh, Kaylin Kyle's very good. That we knew already. So, uh, and by the way, she was good when she started with one soccer. And her husband was actually uh, playing for a team that I was the press officer for. So, I was always getting updates from him. How's she doing? How, 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 uh, um, how's she fitting in, switching from playing to media? Uh, she, was a, she was a natural from the get-go. So, perfect person to have on camera. Really kind of... Uh, understands the nitty-gritty of this stuff. Now, the question for me, Chris, though, is MLS 360 is so good that why, unless you have a rooting interest, and I know you have a rooting interest in an MLS club. I don't. Why would you watch a game? <laughs> well, it's a good question. So so I have experimented with this a little bit. So uh, if I have a rooting interest, it's just because of Inter-Miami because I used to live near there. Um, so I know more about that club than I do other clubs in MLS. They're not, you mean, my team, um, but I, I have a, a rooting interest. I, I, if they lose, it's no big deal. If if they win, that's cool, but I have more knowledge about them. So so week one, I think what I did was actually I just hopped around. So I watched MLS 360. It would go to a commercial, and then I would go to a game. 
So I'd watch maybe into Miami's game for a couple of minutes or, and then listen to the radio broadcast too and see how that sounded. And then I'd come back to MLS 360. And if MLS 360 got a little bit boring or it just wasn't, wasn't as enticing, I would go to maybe Austin, Austin FC and see what the, the crowd atmosphere was like there. But then I'd come back again to MLS 360. That, that was week one. Week two... I think actually I watched almost all MLS 360 except for um, St. Louis. So St. Louis, I wanted to see what that was like. I wanted to uh, hear uh, Jake Zivin and Taylor Twelman, what that, what that commentary was like. So I ended up watching that game by itself for maybe about maybe like 10 minutes or 15 minutes and then went back to MLS 360. However, you raise a good point because probably about, I don't know, 85% of my viewing of MLS Season Pass thus far has been MLS 360 and very little, little bit of the game experience by itself. Now, if I'm a fan of Philadelphia Union, I'll be watching those games and that's all I'm interested in. But for you and I, Kartik, who are really more neutrals, right? To us, MLS 360 is, is perfect. And, and I think it showcases the best of the league in 90 minutes and those 90 minutes go on i mean throughout the night as we move from east coast to central to mountain and pacific um and sometimes i mean in in any league right there's boring games but when you have all the games happening at the same time i think the concept of, of a whip around show and highlighting the best action from across the country in that show it is ideal because it makes mls look better it makes MLS look more exciting rather than how it used to be in the past before where I never knew what game to tune into. I go to ESPN Plus and I'll just hop from game to game and it'd be boring. It'd be like, I don't know, just, I don't know, New England and it'd be no crowd noise. I'd go to another game and then I'd turn it off. So, yeah, Kartik, I think I think you're right. The thing about this, though, too, I think I find really interesting, though, is... Someone like Taylor Twelman, who is the lead co-commentator. <laughs> you mean, that's a big deal, right, to be a lead co-commentator? But, you mean, if most of the people are going to be watching MLS 360, maybe he should be there as, as kind, of, kind of a rotating analyst. That's the, to me at least, that is the best show on MLS Season Pass. In some ways, the commentators are not being cast aside, but there are kind of diluted diluted their actual uh, kind of relevance or importance because all the games are happening at the same time. Uh, yeah, but uh, again, I think uh, uh, that's uh, a decision that maybe as they get further along, they'll make because uh, the first week LAFC versus the Galaxy was postponed. That was the game uh, Zivin and Twelman were assigned to. And so they had the opportunity to bring Twelman into the MLS 360 studio week one. I don't think they did it because of the chemistry angle that they were trying to develop with the four uh, and probably had gone through reps after reps after reps to prepare for the season. This is, this is how broadcasting is. Before that first match, uh, you prepare you and, and prepare and prepare and do these kind of uh, – it's like training, right? It's like training for, for a football club. So yep. uh, I he, think that they didn't want to ch- pull someone out and bring Twelman in for week one. Now I'm thinking later in the season they might do it because it's later in the season and maybe you then create a rotation. Yeah, it's it's all sub- subject to change because even week one, uh, they brought uh, Twelman in maybe halfway through that MLS 360 and had him on, on the set for maybe, I don't know, 
maybe 45 minutes. And when he was on, it was so much better, really, because he was the energy levels picked up and he was kind of asking questions and it and it definitely made a huge uh, difference. It definitely was, was was much better with him there. Um, however, yeah, in, in the future, maybe too, it might rotate a little bit. You might see, who knows, you might see some of those guys that are on the talent on that MLS 360 do some co-commentating. So, so, some, uh, co- co- yeah, I'd, lo- I'd love to see, I'd love to see, I'm going to put my word in right now uh, for speaking of the, uh, a club I used to be um, a press officer for. I'd love to see Lloyd Salmon there. I'd love to see him yeah, on that. Yeah, uh, and I could good. see him and I could see him in BWP and they were, they played together. Uh, they played against each other in England. They played together in the U S I could see them mixing it up. I think that would be great. So, um, trying to think of other positives. So I think the, I mean, the, the commentators are great. I have no issues with the commentators week one. There was definitely some technical issues, but, um, the feature of having that, home local radio broadcast if you want to listen to that i think that's great and uh, I've done which uh, time, by time the way time. i think a lot of inter miami fans have been doing uh just just an fyi <laughs> well i think week one definitely week one uh i forgot who who was commentators but uh wasn't the greatest so i think a lot of people switched to uh chris whittingham and thomas rongan and then week two phil shane was on it on it which was great it was great to hear phil uh, from being sports, uh, doing the Inter Miami game there too. So yeah, I mean that that that's. I mean we've never seen that before, right? The ability. You I mean e- even with the Premier League, right? Uh, some weekends, if it's uh, I don't know, there's there's a long list of of examples. But if it's um, Peter Drury, not everyone loves Peter Drury. Most of us do, but some people don't like his commentary style. But if there was an option to go ahead and listen to a different radio, a different commentary of that same game. That that that's a pretty innovative uh, feature. So MLS Season Pass has that. So if you don't like the commentators, you can switch it to the local home radio broadcast, uh, the actual commentary, which is which is fantastic. And then uh, yeah, so I think the look and feel of it is fantastic. The can can I good. mention Go one other feature is that the language uh, situation. So basically MLS season passes in three languages and you set your language preference. So because you set your language preference, you don't have the problem, which I have repeatedly had on uh, ESPN plus slash Hulu of pulling up a Bundesliga match and um, take clicking on the first thumbnail and it's not in English. Um, so that's another pr- production technical thing that MLS and Apple got right. Subtle thing, um, but you set your language preference. So if I click on LA uh, Galaxy versus Portland, which was a game this past weekend, I know I'm getting the English language commentary. Now I can switch to the Spanish language commentary if I want. But if you click on, if you go to ESPN Plus, and I, I'm sure this has happened to you, Chris, also uh, with Bundesliga matches, you might click on the Spanish feed. Uh, yeah, there's a fifty fifty chance. There's a fifty fifty <laughs> chance you click on the Spanish feed. Honestly, okay. Well, I mean, I'm sure I've done it. Uh, yeah, I'm, I've probably done it once or twice. But um, yeah, absolutely. So I think overall, you mean in terms of MLS season pass, it's interesting too because there's MLS countdown, which is the pregame show, which which has been good. I mean, I, I love the the backdrop, the 360. Well, it looks like 360, 180. Uh, on MLS 360, the big backdrop of the massive screens, I like that. What I liked about week two is that you had sometimes four games on the screen at once, and you could see what was happening as the talent were talking about it. 
Um, and sometimes you'd see a goal scored and then they'd go into that. I like in week two also that they're um, tuning in to the commentators. So we get to hear the commentators uh, calling the goals instead of the talent talking over it. Um, Sasha Kleiston, uh, I think it's been really good. Actually, uh, very impressed by him. Uh, basically exceeded my expectations in terms of his knowledge, but also his on-camera presence. Really kind of, again, another natural. Uh, Kaylin Kyle is good. Talks a little bit too much still in week two but um, has the energy and enthusiasm, definitely knows the game, but I think needs to kind of give some of the other guys a little bit of a chance to talk a little bit more. Um, but uh, Liam McHugh is, you mean, so laid back and relaxed, uh, so different than on NBC Sports when he did the Premier League coverage, when he'd sit in now and again. But um, yeah, he, he is fantastic. It, it's interesting, Kartik, too, because actually Liam McHugh and Kaelin Kyle are the hosts it's kind of a, kind of they, they share the duties, and in week one I didn't really see that. It, it seemed to be more Liam McHugh was kind of the the host, and then week two I saw Kale and Kyle asking more questions, trying to get more involved. But it feels better with her really as kind of more the analyst and Liam as as the actual uh, the presenter. But uh, but it's a long show, right? It's four to five hours, so they probably take turns as the night goes on. Yeah, and he's pretty opinionated for a presenter, although I think that that's kind of the new direction, right? We had a uh, we had uh, that conversation with Rebecca Lowe, you and I did in, in Orlando at the FanFest, right? That um, there's now, you know, there's always been kind of a line, presenters don't cross, but she's got the lowdown with NBC Sports, and obviously her former colleague, Lee McHugh, has taken it to, a, to another level, <laughs> basically giving some opinions and commentary in, in the MLS 360 uh, studio. I think that's also the byproduct of a five-hour show. I, lo- I love that. I love that. And, and that was something, yeah, I noticed that too, especially in week two. There were a few things that they said. I'm like, ooh, <laughs> that's something you, I, I didn't expect to hear. Some criticism about maybe, say, Toronto FC and you mean, like, you know, Bob Bradley might get sacked if, if things go this way or into Miami kind of last year, kind of, or, or even uh, Gonzalo Higuain and uh, kind of his... Uh, Basically, kind of a lack of basically kind of a, a, a him and, and uh, Pizarro clashing, those types of things, those types of insights, and a little bit of I mean, sometimes some of it might be rumors, but a lot of it is insight, things that we don't hear much in the past because it was so sterile, right? Sometimes it would be just very safe, and but this is actually more honest, kind of off the cuff. And I, and I like that. That's another reason for me to, to watch MLS 360 is to hear what they say. And yeah, Brad, Brad, Bradley Wright Phillips in terms of, um, he doesn't say much, but what he says is really good. And in terms of that player perspective, I mean, he's probably one of the best I've seen that the way he's able to actually kind of communicate and translate uh, how it is to be a, a professional footballer and what it means on the pitch and how he's lining up and talking tactics and, and, and those types of things with Sasha. Um, very, very surprised in a good way. Very positive uh, how good he is. He, yeah, to me, he's one of the standout uh, stars of, of uh, MLS season pass thus far. I haven't watched one minute of MLS wrap up, which is the the post game show. Um, and I think it's available on demand on Sundays. Yeah. Have you watched that? Uh, Yeah, I've watched it. I've watched it. And, uh, uh, I didn't watch it uh, week two. I watched it week one. Um, 
and uh, Jillian Sakovitz is the host. Uh, she's she's for, she's good. I mean, I, I I kind of wish she had more of a role in everything uh, because she's someone who really get, understands the league, uh, gets the league, and you know, came came out of uh, FC Atlanta, uh, not FC Atlanta, excuse me, Atlanta United FC. Um, and uh, Taylor Twalman again, week one, he's there. And as I said, he didn't call a game. Um, the, the the Galaxy uh, LAFC game was postponed, and he, he came on to 360 for a cameo. He brings the energy. He brings the excitement. And I think that this is kind of his his tempo, um, both these shows, because uh, you, you obviously did the, the uh, interview with Taylor last week uh, that was released and uh, uh, saw him also on the Rich Eisen show Um after he did the World Soccer Talk interview. And these, like, shows are more his tempo, right? I think he was kind of more into this sort of um, very, um, very... Uh, I don't want to call it offbeat, but more kind of fast-paced, talk about multiple subjects, uh, uh, be kind of lively. He fits into that culture really well. I mean, maybe the the, the, the kind of um, box formulaic studio shows that you see at uh, some other networks, which, by the way, uh, ESPN is not very formulaic. So maybe that was was a better fit for him than being at Fox or CBS or or NBC. But um, the idea I, I don't think he'd fit in one of those. So I think this is actually the right place to be for him uh, in terms of he's not going to be at ESPN in terms of just utilizing his talents. Uh, and I do think you're going to see some rotation as the season goes on. Uh, so MLS wrap up really good, really opinionated about week one. Although I have to say that there were, this is the case. I mean, you turn on NBC after week one and it's extreme takes also about the Premier League. And uh, remember, Everton beat Spurs in the first match last year. And uh, was that last season? Uh, maybe. Um, and no, no, that was two seasons ago. And everybody was was overreacting to it. Um, and even Sky, right? I mean, they won a 10 hog out after two weeks uh, this season. But so I, I, that was the thing. I want to watch how wrap up evolves because I haven't watched it week two yet. Week one, I watched it right when it got released least on Sunday because Saturday I was I was tied up and not able to do anything um, soccer wise that day and um, I have to say it was like there were some hot takes and that's something that I think is just a byproduct of being the first week of the season yeah the wrap-up I think in in many ways uh, gets lost because I'm, I'm I, th- I believe it happens uh, right after the games end on Saturday nights but it's late at night you mean because there's so many games you know they go on till after midnight so I'm not going to watch it. I've watched probably, I don't know, four hours of MLS 360, as well as who knows how many hours earlier in the day watching uh, the Bundesliga and Premier League and La Liga and Serie A and et cetera. So I'm not watching um, it late Saturday night. And then on Sunday, I'm like, OK, as soon as Sunday morning happens, you mean nine o'clock in the morning, off we go. We've got Serie A, but, got Bundesliga. Uh, let me ask you, though, do you want to keep watching those leagues? I mean, I mean, is it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you you can only spend a certain number of hours watching soccer. Okay. Right, I mean, maybe, right. maybe, maybe, maybe you can watch more than I can. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Just based on family considerations, right? So, do you prioritize now because Apple is this good and MLS is this competitive and it's uh, the most competitive and compelling first division in the English speaking world, at least this season it is? Uh, Premier League is kind of off. Um, do you prioritize watching it? 
over watching the Premier League. I wouldn't prioritize it over watching the Bundesliga. This, we got a title race this year. But do you maybe prioritize it over La Liga? Because the yeah. coverage is that much better. Right. Well, I, I, I think I'm a little bit different in, in that I'll probably try to watch as much as possible uh, because it's my job, right? And it's kind of a, it's <laughs> seven days a week. Um, but so I'm watching it for work. But I'm saying probably. if you're a fan, like, let's say you're if just a, a fan, random person. Yeah. I mean, if, well, I can say it personally too. I mean, so watching MLS Season Pass on a Saturday, Saturday night for me now is appointment viewing. So where it, where it wasn't in the past before, where it was like, hey, what game is on Saturday night? Okay, you mean I don't know much about these teams, or maybe I'll watch Liga MX, or maybe I'll just watch Netflix. Um, but now, as a fan, and 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 you mean as a podcaster and as a writer and publisher, uh, I'm watching Saturday night because it's a fun experience, and and even if I don't write about it, it's good to stay on top of it and to watch about to watch the games. Um, but in terms of to the detriment of any other leagues, I'm probably watching less in the afternoon. So I'll probably watch less Serie A 2.45 kickoff or uh, La Liga 2.45 kickoff or 3 p.m. kickoff. Um, but I'm still watching Bundesliga, still watching Premier League, still watching Championship or, or Serie A if it's an early game that's a really important game. So... Um, so I'm probably probably the La Liga is probably suffering more because of this. But then again, La Liga, for the most part, for me, this season hasn't been that captivating. I, I, I will push back on you, Karthik. I think the Premier League season this season is very intriguing in terms of the top, uh, middle, really? I mean, basically throughout the entire table. Yeah, you look at the relegation battle in terms of how tight oh, okay. it is. That I, that I go with. The relegation battle is epic this year. Maybe the you best look, we've seen. You look at Brentford, you look at Fulham, you look at Brighton. Really, kind of uh, above Chelsea, kind of in those you know like seven, eight, nine positions or six, seven, eight, pushing Liverpool. Uh, I mean, and Spurs, possibly a, kind of that in terms of European qualification and the title race. I mean, it's been fantastic to see Arsenal. I mean, going for it. I mean, yes, five points ahead, but Man City not having the greatest season, but. You mean what's going to happen with City? Do they go on? A, you mean I, I know you don't think so, but well, you mean perhaps <laughs> maybe City will give a, a run for its money, or Arsenal will slip up. Um, so I think from top to bottom, it, it's it's been exciting. It's been, it's been you mean it's there haven't been a lot of dead rubbers. I, I'll give you that. Um, yeah, although I think what you might see is Liverpool is coming, uh, uh, Newcastle slipping, Spurs slipping. You know who the top four is going to be, probably. Let's be honest about it. Water order? Okay, we can we can quarrel about that, but it's it's going to be Arsenal, yeah. City, United, Liverpool. That's the top four. Um, yeah, the, that, that, the, uh, that I agree with you. So so the the other question that comes out of this is the Premier League has talked, and we thought maybe in the next TV deal we might see it an eight p.m. local time kickoff in the UK. Now, if that were to happen, that would be, and we've seen a few matches actually scheduled at that time now, more than than, than ever in the past. They never had yep. those kickoffs. Um, that would be a kickoff potentially uh, impacted the way you're talking about La Liga and Serian. I agree on that. I, I think that's probably, even for me, even though, you know, again, I'm paid to watch this stuff, I'm good. there's burnout, so I'm probably going to go 7 a.m. to to 
to my time, Bundesliga, Premier League, if there's some La Liga or Serie A, and then take take a break. And that break is going to coincide with the best, best matches in Spain and Italy. It's just natu- uh, human nature. Um, yeah. There's There's been talk about that 3 p.m. kickoff, uh, uh, local uh, 3 p.m. Eastern time, 8 p.m. local time kickoff in the U.K. I think... Uh, that could be a, a, a problem because, uh, look, NBC signed a, a, what is effectively two, two right cycles, um, an extension for. So there's been talk that in the next right cycle, there may be a new package in the U.K., um, that's sold separate from the Sky, what Sky currently has and BT currently has and Amazon currently has, that could be that, that, that specific kickoff or that could be rolled into the Amazon package. Um, but that would be a Premier League game I think people would start to skip if they're uh, hooked on MLS season pass. Yeah, so far, I mean, those 3 p.m. kickoffs that we have had have not been kind of top draw games, right? It's been Crystal Palace against Liverpool, which is fine. I mean, the two good teams definitely... But it's not hasn't been like Manchester derby or, or uh, was there an Arsenal know. game? I want to say there was an Arsenal Forest or somebody somebody like maybe, that at three maybe. But it, it, it's one of those things where it's one strong team and the other team is not a top six team. So it's they yeah. haven't had that kind of Arsenal Spurs or you mean Newcastle against uh, Liverpool or something like that. Maybe, and maybe. by the way, NBC has an impact on this because um, b- before NBC got the Premier League rights, I think you and I remember when the five thirty local team local time kickoff twelve thirty Eastern time was one strong team against one weak team, and then NBC yep. got the rights in the US put it on over the air and the Premier League started matching up Liverpool and Chelsea or Man City and Arsenal at that time. So, yeah, uh, yeah I think they're very conscious of the U.S. market when they, when they make those assignments. The, the other thing, too, about that 3 p.m. Eastern time kickoff, I mean, if and when they do it, which, which I'm sure they will, is also Asia. So that's roughly about 3 a.m. Asia, Asian time. So not a good fit. I mean, that 12.30 kickoff, well, actually, that one's probably not a good one. Well, twelve thirty is not too bad, but but the the, the ten a.m. is is ideal in terms of kind of uh, you mean ten p.m. in Asia, roughly. Um, yeah, but but going back to MLS season pass though, too. I mean, I mean that just shows how impressive it has been thus far. Is that we're starting to kind of question our viewing habits and whether those should change or not, um, and that's huge because. I mean, I think everyone knows I'm not the biggest MLS fan. Uh, yes, I've watched the league for many, many years, and it's been kind of a roller coaster ride. Some some years, good years, other, others kind of like really disappointing or just really frustrating. Um, but overall, I'm watching more MLS than in the last two weeks than I have in a very, very long time. And I think it's smart moves by Apple, but also smart moves by MLS in terms of really kind of figuring out a time to show games because in the past before you'd have always have games competing at maybe the same time as a Premier League game or same time as an NFL game or um, baseball or you mean all sorts of different sports all sorts of different times and now they've carved out that Saturday night window from 7.30 local time no matter where you live in the United States uh, for those games no blackouts getting rid of the regional sports networks um, and no competition against um, NFL and very little competition against other other leagues. And it's on streaming too. So even if there is the uh, Little League World Series happening, 
the games on MLS Season Pass are not going to get bumped, right? If they say it's going to start around 7.30, uh, it will start around 7.30. It's not going to get delayed until 8 o'clock or 8.30 because of some basketball game or, or something else going on. So so those are huge achievements for MLS. Um, and so so far, yeah, I'm loving it. Yeah, that's fantastic news because, look, uh, the, the, this, this is something that has been a bugaboo for soccer fans for years, these delays. And I, had not, I haven't been paying too much close attention to American sports, so I didn't realize how bad it's gotten until the last two weeks uh, with the University of Miami basketball team. These games have all been on ESPN. Um, the last two minutes of some of these games, including the game the other day where we clinched the ACC title against Pitt, the last two minutes take a half hour, and it bleeds into the next uh, programming window and then there was a game last week that involved Miami that it bled, bled into the programming window the previous game and then I had to get on uh, ESPN the app and then it, it, it almost went to halftime on the app I mean it's crazy how they scheduled windows on ESPN networks in particular and so soccer always got the short end of the stick with that stuff and uh, people would complain about it and I would say hey you know you just have to take it because we want to be on ESPN well Maybe those people were right and I was wrong. Maybe it is better to be off on your own in another ecosystem, which is the Apple ecosystem, and not have to worry about that stuff. Yeah, in that, in that regard, it is, right, where you are in control of your broadcasts. You're in control of everything, your windows. It's not um, broadcasters dictating uh, you have to play this game at this particular time because it's the only, only window that we have available to show your game on ABC or on um, – you mean Fox or whatever it is. So MLS is in control of the whole situation, and they've done a good job, really, really good job. I've been really, really impressed. Um, in terms of some of the issues, some of the negatives, there's a few things. I mean, hopefully some of these things will be fixed um, in short order. Um, the biggest one for me is just Android still. And, you mean, the well, I think it's about 45% of people in the United States have Androids, about 55% for iPhone. So um, to watch the games, there's no app on Android, so you have to watch through your browser. However, the bigger issue about this is that uh, the default setting within MLS Season Pass is it'll show spoilers. It'll show the results of games happening. And if you have an Android phone and um, there is – well, actually, if you have an Apple device, if you have an Apple TV or you have an iPhone or iPad – or if you have a Roku, or if you have Amazon Fire, you can go into the settings and, and switch off um, the show sports scores, turn that off, toggle, toggle it off, and then you won't see those spoilers. However, if you have an Android phone um, and you go into the browser settings uh, within Apple TV to try to uh, find where you can switch off show sports scores, it doesn't exist. So for Android people who don't have a Roku, who don't have an Amazon Fire, who are watching games on a browser because the app isn't available on Android devices, thanks, thanks Apple, there's no way to turn off the spoilers. That, um, that's, 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 not, that's not good. 
That's great advice for me because I, I'm, I've complained about that already and I've heard complaints about that already in terms of the Apple devices and uh, aforementioned University of Miami basketball team. It drives me nuts because I'm into with the college basketball watching a game plausibly live and fast forwarding through parts of it because there's so many commercials. That comes from being a soccer person. And uh, I'll be on Apple TV watching something else and the score will pop up for me because it knows it's my favorite team. <laughs> it's like it's, it's terrible. Like you're on your iPad and you, you know, when you want, when you, you see the score without even like accessing the game. And it happened with MLS the first two weeks with me. So thank you. That's a, that's a great pro tip. The other thing, and I think this is, well, I'll let the listeners decide this one, whether it's a intended consequence or, or a unintended consequence. But as of right now, if you try uh, installing the Apple TV app on your device, if it's an Apple device, um, you have to make sure you have the latest version of the app. You have to make sure that you have the latest version of iOS for uh, either your, your computer or, or for your phone. And you have to make sure the Apple TV app is the latest version too. See, all the latest versions. Now, if you have an older iPad, it some some of them it doesn't work. So you even if, even if you subscribe to MLS Season Pass, it's not going to work on that iPad because you might not be able to upgrade to the latest version of iOS uh, on that iPad. So if you only want to watch on that iPad and it's an older iPad, you either have to go to a different device and watch it on a different device, or go ahead and replace that iPad with with one of the new iPads, pay an Apple who knows how much money uh, to get to be able to get the latest version of the iOS so you can watch MLS Season Pass on there. Now, you look at this deal, which is a 10-year deal, and you imagine you know how often uh, Apple updates their operating system on, on phones and computers. And as they add new enhancements and as they make new changes to MLS Season Pass, I'm sure that there will be future versions of MLS Season Pass where you have to, again, upgrade the iOS to the latest version as well as the app, making sure that all these are updated. And some of us with older Apple devices are going to get stuck again. Yeah. And we might have to make that decision, okay, do we now go ahead and buy a new Apple device just to be able to watch MLS Season Pass with all the new features? Or do we watch on a browser, which is an alternative, and watch it through there? Or do we watch? I don't know, get an, a Roku or an Amazon Fire. So, so in this deal, I mean, this is this is great for Apple, right? You get uh, there's a lot of reasons to buy Apple devices just to watch MLS Season Pass. There's a lot of features that are on MLS Season Pass. They're on Apple. They're not on Android devices. So I can't favorite a team on my Android device when I'm watching uh, MLS Season Pass. So I, I don't get the notifications that you do. Um, or others listeners do, and you can favorite teams, and you can get probably a whole bunch of other content through Apple by being an Apple customer. So, so that that I have a, a an Apple computer, I have an Android phone. So, you mean I can always go to the Apple device, the laptop, and watch through there if I want to, or watch on my Apple TV. I also have an Apple TV, but it that that is something that. Um, I wonder if that's part of it, too, where Apple goes like, ooh, not only can we actually uh, make money through advertising, through our ad network that we've built and, and we're showing on MLS 360 and they have some big time advertisers, but we can probably actually sell more devices because of this deal. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. 
Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yeah, but, any, yeah. But the, the, the other thing about the replays, I, I know... Th- and maybe by by the time this this podcast goes out, maybe that's fixed. But trying to see a full game replay, I know you've had better luck than I have. I mean, I, I could I know how to do it, but you have to know how to do it in order to find it. Uh, at least for a lot of um, the World Soccer Talk readers and a lot of people out there that have been trying to figure out how to watch full game replays. Uh, however, I think you've you've had much better luck, Kartik. Yeah, I just uh, watched the Portland game. Um... A little bit before we recorded this, uh, again, uh, you know, kept an eye on the Premier League match, but but was you know poking around MLS season pass. Very easy for, for me to find that that replay of LA Portland. Um, uh, clicked on. So okay, I let's just dial it back maybe a second. I have an Apple TV box, and maybe that's why everything is more straightforward for me. Um, and that's and I watch a lot of stuff on that box, which is maybe why I'm also getting bombarded with scores that I don't want to see. Um, but uh, I click on the MLS season pass icon, which is right below my uh what's like my cue of watching it's the next thing apple is putting it really front and center and then i scroll and find the game and you have a highlights package that you can watch and i well you uh, you have an apple tv box also chris so you might have the same luck when you use that uh and there's also the 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 full match replay that you can watch so i watched um most of the the uh la portland match um I, I've got kind of an interest in Portland and seeing if this thing explodes this year or not. So uh, wanted to wanted to check that match out. And then uh, Fox's coverage. We've got um, some in-depth articles that go into more detail at worldsoccertalk.com. But Fox Sports has gotten to a point where it has for a long time, even more so now, where the coverage is a joke. I mean, it really is. It's one of those things where, you mean, I might say, say something critical and I think there's one person will say, like, oh, no, 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 actually, Fox is doing a great job. And 99% of everyone else is like, yeah, this, you're, Chris, you're right. It's just a travesty in terms of how they approach the game coverage. Um, 
So probably the less said, said about them, the better. The only one thing I, I would say, Kartik, that I don't think I've mentioned um, in my articles about this is wh- what's happened to Alexi Lalas? He, he's not involved in the coverage. I think he's going to do one of the games as a co-commentator. Um, but because we have John Strong and Stu Holden in the studio in Florida, even though they live on the West Coast of the, the United States, calling games there's no room for alexi lalas you mean they're not going to fly alexi out there so alexi i mean i'm sure he'll do the gold cup this summer maybe i'm sure he'll do the women's world cup but it's it's weird because he's been cast aside basically yeah i i I don't i don't it's yeah right so i think he's he's now uh dialed in on the international competitions remember they're gonna have an international competition every summer including uh gold cups as you mentioned and and the uh expanded uh world club cup in a couple summers so um he's going to be front and center on those and uh i yeah, I might be like the Bundesliga, right? I mean, with the Bundesliga, when Fox had it, uh, Lawless would show up every third or fourth week and, and I think would do a decent job. Uh, one thing about Lawless is, um, and you cannot say this always for people at Fox uh, who are on air, he's very well prepared. So he'd, he'd reason to the Bundesliga studio, he'd be able to talk shop about the league and then we wouldn't see him for another three weeks. So maybe that's what's going on again. Maybe, maybe. All right, Kartik. Um, Bundesliga, let's, let's talk about that for a minute, too, because uh, Saturday morning, uh, last weekend, uh, t- tune in at 9.20 to watch ESPN. I think uh, FC uh, Union Berlin was playing and, and a whole b- against Cologne and a bunch of other games. And lo and behold, none of the games are there. There's- <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, so what happened, Kartik? I don't know what happened. We'd have to ask ESPN for an explanation, but it really made me very angry. And uh, um, you, you got you got uh, a game three or four minutes uh, in, in some cases. And there's there are different fan bases who think it's only happening to the to the uh, like there's Stutt- I saw some Stuttgart fans on Twitter. Oh, it's only the Stuttgart game that matches down. And then uh, some Cologne fans. Oh, it's only the Cologne game. So they didn't realize it was a, it was a, a full on outage. And um, there's been some other issues, Chris. Quite frankly, the last few weeks with uh, with game, matches dropping, them losing the uh, the feed for a few minutes, uh, the, uh, uh, they, the them having issues with uh, their own broadca- uh, broadcast and switching to the world feed. Although we, we've seen that happen occasionally with NBC at the pr- Premier League level, but nowhere near as often as it's been happening with ESPN at the Bundesliga level. Um, no, the, but the Bundesliga productions are so good that you, you know you don't miss a beat. But still, um, there's just this general sloppiness around the way they're broadcasting the Bundesliga in the best Bundesliga season we have had in at least 10 seasons. So um, I, I people who listen to this podcast tend to think sometimes I'm in the tank for ESPN, but I'm really haven't been happy these last few weeks. Um, and as I mentioned, I know you disagree. Uh, uh, you still think it's a great Premier League season. NBC's doing up their game, obviously, in how they broadcast it this season. But I think the Bundesliga, that's where my focus has drifted the last uh, month, month and a half. I'm watching much more Bundesliga than I am Premier League and uh, because they're on, they're on at the same time. So you have to pick one or the other. And I, I'm really kind of 
at my wits end with ESPN's coverage. And then it's uneven, right? Sometimes they have a studio. When they have a studio, it's great. I mean, Kay, is, Kay Murray is one of the best in the business. Uh, uh, and uh, Ali Moreno adds a lot of, uh, a lot of color and a lot of, uh, a, a lot of good analysis. But then some, some days they're just flipping the switch. So uh, maybe it's the Bundesliga. Maybe it's just not popular enough to, to get the kind of attention from any broadcaster because we, these are the same things I used to complain about on this, same, on this podcast three, four years ago about Fox, right? You can probably go back and listen to uh, uh, World Soccer Talk podcast from 2019 and play it back. And I'm saying the same things about Fox that I'm saying about ESPN today. So maybe it's the Bundesliga. Maybe it's a niche league and I happen to be part of the niche that, that wants to see it covered properly. But I, I, I'm not I'm, – I'm very displeased with ESPN the last few weeks. Kartik, you know the Germans, right? <laughs> They're very, very precise, very organized, very much detailed. Yeah, I don't think this is a, a Bundesliga problem. I think this is more of a, of a ESPN plus yeah. sloppiness. Uh, maybe I don't. I don't know. I mean, it's not not a good look. Definitely. Hopefully, I and mean, we, we've said this before, but hopefully, these issues can be resolved. And that's the thing, though, too, about MLS Season Pass is it's going to make us look at the other streaming services with a closer eye and look at a Paramount Plus and go, okay, hey, why isn't the picture quality as good as what we see on MLS Season Pass? Or with Peacock in 2023, that's supposed to be moving a lot of those uh, streamings of the uh, live streams of those games to 4K. How is that picture quality in comparison to MLS Season Pass? Or how is Gold Rush in uh, in comparison to MLS 360? Um, so on and so forth. So I, I think that's a good thing, though. I think that's uh, – competition is always and, good. Hopefully it'll, frankly, it'll get the rest to step up their game. And quite frankly, the Bundesliga is the only production – and picture quality at the level of MLS season pass. So the so the rest of the stuff on ESPN Plus isn't of the same quality. In the Premier League, you, you mentioned they're, they're supposed to be upping it to 4K. Um, hopefully, we'll see that. But uh, the Bundesliga picture quality is fantastic. It's on the level, I think, with MLS season pass. It's the only one. But then there are these all these other production issues that you don't have with MLS season pass. And so, as you said, uh, we know the Bundesliga. We know how they produce these matches. It has to be an ESPN issue. I'm assuming it's an ESPN issue. Yeah. Imagine if the Bundesliga in a couple of years went to Apple. Would the would Apple have the same streaming issues that uh, the Bundesliga, Bundesliga has on ESPN Plus? And and with MLS season pass thus far, in terms of it, there's been no buffering or outages or things like that. Yeah, there were some audio issues in the first uh, first week, but week two is pretty much flawless. So. Um, you mean the Bundesliga might say, "Hey, you mean we want to be on a platform where there's less complaints, uh, where there's a better picture quality, better coverage." The only issue I have, Kartik, is that if that did happen in the future, hypothetically, is am I am I then have to pay fifteen dollars for MLS a month, fifteen dollars for the Bundesliga? You mean fifteen dollars for uh, Serie A or whatever it may be? You mean then it, that's out of control, right? There's no way. I, I think uh, it'll be a little less for Serie A and the Bundesliga because there are less games. Um, well, the Bundesliga, there are less games. Actually, Serie A, there may not be less games. Um, but yeah, no, that would be a problem. If you're having to pay a la carte by league, that's something we don't want. Uh, but uh, maybe that's where it's headed, unfortunately. I mean, that's something we have to monitor at World Soccer Talk the next few years because the Serie A rights are up. 
uh, after next season. And the Bundesliga rights are up after the season after next. So they're both coming up pretty quickly now. In the past, we said with Paramount Plus and CBS Sports that Serie A is the perfect home for for um, for, for Serie A, right? Uh, CBS is the perfect home for Serie A. Um, the only thing that Apple's missing really, I mean, if they were to put in a bid for Serie A or the Bundesliga, is a television partner. I mean, because Apple doesn't have a, a kind of a linear television uh, deal. So the league may, just like MLS, may say, hey, well, we'll do a deal with whoever to broadcast the games on television, maybe now and again, but all the games are available on streaming. So, yeah, watch this space because that that could be something to to, uh, keep an eye on. All right, let's move on to listener mailbag. And uh, first up is Nathan. He wants to talk to us about MLS. He says, thank you for the great segments on the new MLS Pass. You, Taylor Twelman, and Kaylin Kyle did a great job going over all the positive aspects of the deal and coverage. After watching the... um, uh, New England Revolution's season opener, it definitely looked better than past seasons over the air or on uh, regional sports networks. And the commentary pair was inoffensive, even if I prefer a certain amount of homerism. All of that said, I think you missed one of the downsides, or at least the downside for people like me. It's great for a fan of the league. It is lousy for fans of a team. I have no interest in a whip-around show, minimal interest in pre- and post-game shows, and couldn't care less about 99% of games that don't involve the revs. You could put the entire Argentina and France lineups on, say, RSL and Austin, and I wouldn't watch if I had nothing else to... Uh, if, I had, if I had anything else to do at that time. Um, Nathan goes on to say, I would happily pay $4 or $5 a month for access to just uh, the uh, New England Revolution games and possibly a match of the day style condensed game or two and the league wrap-up show. Kantik, I think that's an issue, right? Because up until now, that's been the feedback from most MLS fans where, I mean, they're so into their team they couldn't care less about the other teams. They're not watching. And we, we saw that for years and years and years with the TV ratings is we could tell that there weren't many MLS fans watching games that weren't their teams. They would watch their team and that's about it. So I think with MLS season pass, that is going to change, at least for the neutrals. So I think it does bring in a new audience that may not have watched before. If you're a, a, a New England Revolution fan, you're probably going to those games, um, the the Revs games, and you have a, a free subscription to MLS Season Pass through your season ticket. Um, I'd argue that those guys are not the, the target audience. The target audience are the, the people that are not watching. Now, for away ga- games, that's different, right? But they're hoping that MLS Season Pass, they're hoping that those fans that are season ticket holders... Uh, will start watching more and more of, of the other teams in the league. And I think MLS 360 is just the league, uh, just the show to maybe change people's impressions or kind of their viewing habits. But I think it'll take time. Yeah, I. this, this is a tough one, really, because I think um, it's an MLS's interest to force individual club fans to um, for in their business interest to, to, to take a greater interest in the league. We've talked about this 
time and again, Chris, in talking about television ratings. As MLS has expanded and gotten more and more fans in the door, and Atlanta and Charlotte and Nashville have been these the, the, these home runs in terms of uh, 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 local interest, the, the ratings point, uh, the, the meter has not changed for national television games. In all of these years, in all the subsequent expansions. So it's an MLS's business interest. However... I, as a football person, as a soccer person, like the culture of a Rebs fan writing to us and saying, I don't give a damn about Real Salt Lake. I don't care about Seattle. I don't care about Orlando. That, that's football culture. So I want to embrace that. But I do understand um, MLS's logic in saying, no, we're not going to sell you a Rebs package or a, um, a, a, uh, a, a Orlando package. It's this is the opposite of the football league, right? I mean, uh, I subscribed this year to iFollow for for QPR. Uh, you've done it in the past with Swansea, so you, they they piecemeal it out in in, in England, uh, not the Premier League, but but in the lower divisions. Uh, that will never happen with MLS, I suspect, because I think they do. They have a vested interest in turning a Nashville fan into an MLS fan. Yeah. I wonder if they if they can do that though, because they like you said too, right? The uh, the Revs fan Nathan uh, and the Nashville fan in your example. I mean, will they still care? Will will they care about any of those other games? But the thing is, is that those games are always happening on Saturday nights at the same time. So chances are they'll go to the game wherever they are in the country, go see their local team, and then we'll come home, have a couple of beers switch on MLS season pass, and then probably maybe, maybe they'll watch some of the other games, but maybe they're done for the night. I don't know. That'll be interesting to see if that happens quickly or if it takes a long time to get people used to watching the whole entire league. I mean, that's the thing about the whip around shows in general, though, right, is Goal Rush. Has Goal Rush had an impact on increasing the amount of people interested in the entire league? compared to what it was before when there was no whip around show and you'd have to pick out one of the games you wanted to watch and you watch that. Same thing with the, the, the Glasser show. I, I will say the Glasser show in terms of Europa League, I mean, that, that to me, I have no dog, uh, dog in the race when I watch, watch the Europa League, but to me, it makes the Europa League look more far more entertaining and exciting, seeing all these teams from around the continent of Europe, teams that I would have very little interest in, uh, watching those games and, and seeing those goals go in. However, you I mean, we, we are a little bit different, right? You and I, Kartik, are probably a little, we have our favorite teams, but we're probably a little bit more neutral. But I get your point too about uh, even my cousins in uh, in England who are Manchester United fans, if I said to them, hey, come come over to my place and watch a Liverpool game, <laughs> they, would spit it, <laughs> they would spit in my face. Yeah, maybe, well, I, maybe not that, but but pretty close to it. <laughs> I mean, this is this is the culture, right? You know, I yeah, I, yeah. I they, they, they when uh, the English teams are struggling in Europe right now. Uh, I guess Manchester United got by uh, Barcelona, but in the in the uh, uh, bigger competition, the Champions League, they're struggling. And I don't hear uh, a Man City fan lamenting. Oh, you know, it's really too bad Spurs lost to Milan. They're rooting for Milan, right? I, I and uh, Liverpool fans lamenting. Oh, it's shame City struggled against Leipzig. No, they're rooting for Leipzig. So this is um, this is football culture, and it's coming head on with kind of MLS's commercial interest. And so it'll be interesting to see because maybe in time MLS has to determine, you know what, we're going to lose subscribers to season pass um, if we don't 
just sell, uh, particularly for uh, Nathan's example is great with the reps. I'm glad that there's someone so committed to the reps because they don't quite have the fan base uh, that maybe some of the other clubs do. But with Atlanta and Nashville and Charlotte and uh, and Seattle and Portland, like those five uh, in particular, it would be like, yeah, you know, and Austin, throw them in. Those six, maybe it's like, yeah, maybe we have to carve it out. Otherwise, we're going to lose subscribers. Next up is Hashim, and he wants to talk to us about ESPN+. Plus. He says, I love ESPN+, Plus, but I just don't like how all of their coverage, be it the FA Cup, La Liga, Bundesliga, ESPN FC, all looks the same. Same studio, same graphics, just makes it all look bland. I think, uh, I, I mean, that's one thing that uh, CBS Sports has done, where they've had the different, I mean, so the Serie A studio looks completely different uh, than the studio. Well, it, it is a different studio that helps. Uh, d- it does look very different than the Champions League studio. Uh, the Europa League looks different a little bit in terms of just the way, I mean, kind of the colors and, and the backdrop. Um, and, and I'm sure it's the, the same NWSL and so, for the other leagues too. So at least when you tune into Paramount Plus, you see some differences. What about ESPN, Cartes? Do you think it looks bland? Uh, yeah, I, I we've talked about this before on the podcast where um, where CBS has basically taken each product and and created a, a distinctive feel for it. The Concacaf coverage is very different than Champions League, which is very different than NWSL, which is very different than Serie A. And, and in fact, right, the, the personalities are different. There's not much overlap in in uh, who who call who uh, hosts. Uh, these uh, these the, the, these leagues, whereas ESPN has kind of thrown everything, all the eggs into one basket. Yeah, there are league specialists. Um, you know, Archie Rintut is not covering uh, La Liga, right? Uh, right? Jenna Soler is not covering the Bundesliga, but their studio people, they kind of mix and match. And this is an ESPN thing. So um, ESPN, even in how they cover college sports, used to be very specific in, okay, they had ACC announcers, they had SEC announcers specialize in one league, you know, Pac-12, whatever. Now they're mixing and matching in college sports too. And they've started doing it in soccer, right? Uh, they used to be very kind of distinct in how they covered things uh, when they were doing, um, you know, uh, Chris, you have a lot of experience with this because you've gone on some of those cruises where you've seen the, 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 the Latin American and Caribbean coverage of ESPN. And they would cover, they had more rights down there and they would cover each league differently. So I, I, I've noticed the change and I want to say the change is in the last five or six years where um, I mentioned Ali Moreno and Kay, Mora- uh, Kay Murray hosting Bundesliga. They also will host La Liga uh, in the same studio with the same graphics. Um, what's better? What's worse? I, I don't know. I can't really say. It's up to personal preferences. But yeah, they have a completely different approach than CBS and a different approach than they used to have. And their um, their studio talent is expected to be having expertise in every league. Um, now, I think Italy was always a blind spot for uh, Craig Burley and for Stevie Nichol um, and, and for Ali Moreno. And so them losing the Serie A rights was probably a good thing. So they talk about that league less and all three of those guys I mentioned um, as their primary student and Don Hutchison Don Hutchison knows Italy actually but um, other than Hutchison the other three guys I mentioned they're um, they're comfortable talking Premier League Bundesliga or La Liga so it works Okay, just a few more comments to go. Uh, Chris wants to mention about the the J-League from Japan. I just finished watching the J-League match between FC Tokyo and Urawa Reds. 
via the J-League YouTube channel. And I have to say the production value is high and the commentary is excellent. I uh, love the a- atmosphere inside the stadium and we'll definitely watch more J-League games should they continue to be available on the league's YouTube channel for free. Shane has a really good question here, Kartik, about the Club World Cup. Shane says, I think the expanded Club World Cup is a brilliant idea. What do you think? <laughs> I uh, I don't like, I, you know, part of me likes it. I have to admit, I, I think it's going to be a cool tournament. I just don't like the increased number of, of matches for some of these clubs. Um, although... I, I, he, again, I think it's going to be cool when it happens. I think it's going to be fantastic. I just don't like, I don't know how many more games we can play, how much, uh, how, how many uh, more fixtures we can add, how much uh, more we can cut into preseason, because that's what this is going to do for uh, a number of those clubs that are European clubs. Uh, if an MLS club qualifies, which this year for the smaller tournament, we had an MLS team qualify. So, um, it's going to take them right out of their season, uh, which is uh, problematic. Uh, maybe that's MLS's fault, right? We've talked about calendar change. But um, I think it's a, it's a little bit of an issue. The state tournaments are going on in Brazil at that time. Uh, you might take a Brazilian team. You will, I'm almost positive you'll have a Brazilian team in that, in that field. Uh, you might be taking them out of their state tournament. Uh, you might ruin those domestic competitions in the process. Um, you know, my mind goes back to the year Manchester United pulled out of the FA Cup because they were in the World Club Cup, which was a different format then. So that's my fear, right? What, what if uh, what, what, what if Corinthians pulls out of their, their, their state cup in Brazil? Uh, what if Seattle has to pull out of the League's Cup one year here in, uh, in, in North America? That's, that's another concern. So, yeah, I think it's a cool idea. I probably will embrace the tournament, to be honest with you, when it comes, but I think that there are all these other potential ramifications that I'm concerned about. So the two things, the two questions I have about Club World Cup is, what's the point, and why should I care? Uh, honestly, because like, like, what's the point? So, okay, so you mean I don't know, Liverpool or Chelsea or whoever, or uh, you mean whichever River Plate wins Club World Cup, you mean, is that really meaningful? And and that's the thing though too about this Club World Cup is it means different things for different people. So in the past, in the 1970s, 1980s, and so on and so forth, there was the Toyota Cup, which was the the competition between the winner in South America, I guess Copa Libertadores, uh, versus uh, the winner of the European Cup in Europe. And they would play each other. So it would be Liverpool against some team from South America. And the South Americans went crazy for it. They were like, oh, my gosh, this is such a big tournament. We can now be crowned if we win champions of the world. And in Europe, nobody really cared. So Liverpool fans didn't really care that much. No one really gave it much much thought. If you lost that game, no big deal. If you won that game, eh, that's nice, another trophy. But it's it was meaningless. It has more meaning now, but I still think... I mean, so why should I care? I mean, what is it about this this tournament that isn't a cash grab? That I mean, is completely inauthentic. I mean, it's yeah, in theory, right? Take the best uh, teams from the winners of the different competitions from around the world, put them into a competition, and then ultimately come up with one winner. And 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 why should we care about that? Because I mean, I think the players do need a break. Um, and it is going to be a much bigger tournament. And yes, if you're a fan of Seattle Sounders and 
you mean you hope that they go all the way and play Real Madrid in, in a final uh, of the of the Club World Cup and win it? That's fantastic. But really, if you're not a fan of Seattle Sounders, yeah, for the most part, nobody really cares that much about that tournament. At least, at least for me. So that's that's what I think of that one. Uh, two more to go. AFC Champions League. Ryan says, any chance you guys watch the AFC uh, Champions League from Asia at all? This is a very physical, intense competition. No one seems to talk about. Would love to hear more on the podcast. Ryan, I have watched a couple of games, but very little. Because it's usually on, what, like 7 o'clock or 9 o'clock in the morning, Eastern time. Um, I've tuned in when I can, but uh, haven't been captivated by it. But maybe Kartik, maybe Kartik, have you been uh, turned on and entertained? Um, a little bit. You know, I've done the same thing. I've turned them. I, you, you go on your you, you they're they're on first thing in the morning and I there was no other live football soccer on at that time. So I've, I've done it. I've actually watched a fair number of matches. Um, and uh, yeah, I think it's it's very physical, but it's not it's not technical uh, in, enough. And uh, uh, I think there's just an uneven level of matches, right? I mean, I don't think there's the consistency from match to match. There's some really good matches, uh, but it's uh, that that's the thing. I mean, I think Copa Libertadores is really watchable because it's physical. It's much more physical than uh, um, the cha- UEFA Champions yeah. League. Yeah. Uh, but then there's still you, those brilliant moments of technique that you really don't get in the AFC Champions League. Last but not least is Raymond. He wants to talk about Copa del Rey. I really liked ESPN's coverage of El Clasico uh, in the Copa del Rey, the first leg. But there was one thing I didn't like, and that was in the opening minutes before the game. Madrid plays their song over the loudspeaker in the fan sing-along section. It's one of the most iconic European soccer songs. There is a great TikTok of Raul before Champions League final, even singing it. And yet ESPN was talking all over it instead of showing the crowd. It's like talking over You'll Never Walk Alone at Anfield. You just don't do it. And I missed that one. Um, so uh, thanks for Raymond to point for pointing that out. But yeah, for me, um, same way too. That that uh, is that, that that time is kind of uh, you mean sa- sacred in, in many ways for fans. They want to hear those uh, those fans singing those songs. So uh, the last thing I want to hear is people talking right over it. Right, and that's uh, that that's a, another production issue. And I think ESPN. Um, they uh, the, the the production for the for, for the Bundesliga matches is that you go uh, because the production is handled by the Bundesliga and their production is top notch. You don't miss those moments. But Spain, it's a little different the way it's uh, the matches are produced and how uh, ESPN is interacting with the with the feed from the from the ground. And yeah, that's not good. That's terrible, actually. And and uh, to NBC's credit, from day one that they got the Premier League rights ten years ago, um, you know it's good be 10 years in August, their first uh, broadcast. It's been over 10 years since they got the yeah. rights. Um, they knew that. They knew that from the get-go. Don't do that. Right, exactly. Definitely. Absolutely. All right, listeners, uh, we'd love to hear your feedback. If you have any questions, uh, observations, uh, rants or raves, uh, let us know. We'd love to read those out on air. There's a few different ways you can reach us. Uh, you can leave us a voicemail, 561-247-4625. You can go ahead and send us an email uh, to web at worldsoccertalk.com. You can go to the website, worldsoccertalk.com, and go to the podcast section and then leave a comment in the latest podcast episode. Uh, You can go to Twitter 
We're at World Soccer Talk, or you can go to Facebook, and we're at uh, facebook.com slash World Soccer Talk, and leave us a message there. All right, Kartik, before we go, uh, what's going on at uh, Beyond the Pitch? Yeah, uh, going to look at the Premier League relegation race this year uh, at uh, this week at Beyond the uh, at Beyond the ninety, and uh, also uh, a lot of stuff on the EFL that I've thrown out there. And we're going to start previewing uh, the USL season as well uh, in the next week uh, with USL kicking off uh, now. So that's uh, that's very exciting. In addition to some book reviews that we're going to do, books that we've talked about. You know, Chris, we've the, the thing that's really fascinating with me doing this book thing at Beyond the 90 is it reminds me how many really good interviews we've had at World Soccer Talk through the years. We've interviewed most of these authors. We've talked about these books. Um, and I'm just going back through my bookshelf, picking up things and saying, oh, yeah, that's right. We, we, you know, we had this guy on the podcast. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Chris and I interviewed this guy. Oh, yeah. Kyle just interviewed this guy or, or you know, someone else that, that, that was with us in the past interviewed this guy. So we've um, we, we focus on broadcast and media, but we've really covered the gamut of stuff at this website uh, and on this podcast through the years. Yeah, it's been a long time. It's, we're, we're now 18th year. Oh, gosh, and I have the gray hair to show for it. <laughs> uh, Kartik, so for, for the Substack, it, it's uh, a paid subscri- subscription, but there are some free content. So where can people find Beyond the 90? Yeah, it's beyondthe90.substack.com. All right. All right, listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. We will be back probably in, in a week or so. Uh, thank you so much for your uh, comments and feedback. We really appreciate it. It's really what drives the show. And uh, definitely check us out at worldsoccertalk.com. And Kartik, heading into another week of soccer from around the world. What are you going to do and what should the listeners do? Enjoy your football. <laughs>